Welcome to Earful of Fantasy, the best damn fantasy football pod in the universe. We're live each Wednesday night on Facebook and available every Thursday morning from your favorite podcast service. Support the show for free stuff and an on-air shout-out at patreon.com slash earful. And be sure to hit us up throughout the week on Twitter at EOFantasy. Now, on to the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Earful of Fantasy podcast. My name is Liam Poach. Joining with me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Chris Maitland. Chris, how the heck are you doing there, guy? Uh, spectacular. I mean... There's fo- football's going on. Basketball starts tonight. I mean, it's sports madness. It's the beauty of mid-October. That That's the so, dribbling one, right? That is indeed the dribbling one. And currently there's optimism for me because uh, the season has not started officially for the Boston Celtics, but a lot of uh, – a lot of turnover. It's going to be interesting, interesting to see. And uh, after we are done with this lovely uh, podcast, I will be tuning into the second half. Hey, I, I believe Edwards got preseason player of the year, right? He did. Yeah. I mean, it's Carson Edwards mania, baby. Him and, them, him and those quads. You know what? Hey, hey, man, he actually looked excited when he got drafted. So big ups to him, too. Yeah, so. I mean, that's that's new for the Celtics. <laughs> I mean, it's new for, for a guy to be excited to come here. <laughs> Especially after Kyrie Irving gets left, but yes, uh, Carson Edwards. Hopefully, his his quads might be lighting up uh, uh, Maine before he lights up Boston. But hey, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yep, uh, you never know. Uh, maybe maybe tune in. We might do just one NBA fantasy show. Who knows? No promises. <laughs> anyway, to give you guys a little background of the show, I can, I can promise we're, we're probably not going to do. That. <laughs> we're probably not going to do that. <clears throat> Sorry. Anyway, rather than rugby, uh, me and Chris will be talking NFL fantasy football along with other news and developments surrounding the National Football League. And other leagues. Oh, yeah, and other leagues. (laughs) NBA and MLR, baby. Feel free to hit us up in in the comments section during or after the show with any questions, news, views, and abuse, and also online, where you can find us on Twitter, at EO Fantasy, and on our Facebook page, Earful of Fantasy. Also, look look us up on your podcast provider right now. And add the show, as we're no longer on EOD's feed, so it's wicked important that you give us a like and a follow. So, uh, without further ado, on with the show? No. No? <laughs> oh, oh, all right, it was a great show, everybody. Yeah, it was a good show, later. yeah. I, I was just like, you know, because I, I actually am now boycotting the show because not enough people have followed us. So, if you if you haven't followed us, eat shit. Yeah, do ab- absolutely. So, anyway, to give you guys a bit of a rundown for this week's show, uh, as always, we're going to give you a little bit of our personal fantasy weeks. Chris is going to talk over some waiver wire targets. We have a special little segment we're going to call first. Uh, we're going to call last and next. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Hits and whiffs, stardom sitems, and final thoughts. So, uh, as as usual, let's start them out with our personal fantasy weeks. Yes, uh, yes, yes. So, hold on. Can I start out just because... Did you look at my final score, Chris? And no, because I was too busy being in shock over the fact that I won. If you were, if you listened last week, I I basically uh, wrote the eulogy for the week after mm-hmm. Philip Lindsay and Travis Kelsey pooped out on Thursday Night Football. Somehow I won. So no, I was too busy being stunned that Julian Edelman couldn't get seventy yards the other night or seventy five, eighty yards or whatever the hell. He, I ended up winning by less than a point, so I was too stunned over my actual victory. You, you want to talk about less than a point? So yeah. I, I had Jimmy. Yeah. So beat, what happened with you? I had Jimmy beat by less than a point, and then yep. Sony Michelle lost four <laughs> yards on that last carry. Oh, oh, oh my God! And that's what did it. I that's had the Jimmy. worst way to lose outside of a stat correction. That's the worst way to lose. Yep. Holy hell, that sucks. 
So, so you're talking pure trash time. They're throwing. So what was it? And he got I, hurt. And he got hurt on it too. I, that's even worse. Good lord. And I didn't. And I, I didn't watch the game. So was it a? I know. Which again, I know it was a riveting product from what I understand. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, the box score says it all. I mean, Sam Darnold yeah. turned the ball over 97 Ooh. times. It was 33 to zero. Um, yeah, basically gar- gar- garbage so. time. Sony Michelle is just cranking it out. Uh, two pl- two plays previous, he gets the first down, and that that gets me over. <laughs> that wins me the game right there. So I'm I'm basically popping the champagne right then and there. And then uh, uh, the very next play, they run it with him again. He loses four <laughs> yards and hurts his knee. And I also oh. had Philip Dorsett. I also had Philip Dorsett, but then in comes Jarrett Steinem or Stidham. And of course, and, the, and Damian Williams is active for the first time all season. So there's handed it off to him. Damian, I, I do think it's great that Damian Harris finally got his Harris, first bit sorry, of action. Yeah, Damian Williams is the Chiefs running back. That's all, that's all well yeah. and good. I mean, I mean, I mean, you wouldn't know it. Damian, Damian Harris, literally Belichick must like hate him. He, he spent a third round pick on him, but he wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't dress until this week and he was healthy the entire time. Rookies, man, they got to learn. So why was Michelle even in the game at that point? Was Bill just like I trying to stick know. it to the Jets? No, because Bill has like Bill. Obviously, did you see the whole timeout fiasco with him trying to drain yeah, the clock and forcing the timeouts? That's the thing. Bill, not, not even timeouts. But. I mean, Bill Belichick obviously will not take it easy on anybody with the possible exception of the Giants because of the only other, the only like he. I don't think he. I think he might still hold the Giants in a higher regard than he does the Patriots, simply because that's where he got his breakout with Parcells. No, he loves the Giants. Because there were a couple weeks ago we were talking about, like, oh, he's going to run up the score on the Giants. I'm like, no, that's like, that's the one team he'll take it easy on is the Giants because he, he respects them so much. The Jets are, are, are the one – basically, the Jets are any team coached by one of his former uh, assistants he will run up the score on. Aside from that, like, if it's, like, the Bills, for example, like, like he, he'll he he'll take it easy on them. I, I shouldn't say take it easy – again, take it easy is not the right word. He won't go overboard. He won't throw – he won't line up for the shotgun in the fourth quarter. If, if there's some oh, no. bitter history too, like the versus the Ravens versus the Colts, yes. you know, no, that's a good point. He, he, Indy, yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna put the cleat on the floor, Indy, a, a cleat on the throat. Indy, obviously, they're not playing with this, but I think he, the current Indy regime, I don't think he has a problem with. The, Especially with Jacoby at quarterback, with Ballard, Ballard and Reich, he has no issue with. He had an issue with Grigson predominantly. The the Grigson Pagano regime, he had a problem with because obviously that's where the Deflategate started. But aside from that, Baltimore obviously because Harbaugh accused them of, accused of like using illegal formations or whatever the hell or like no wasn't it? Didn't they have the incident in the game or the playoff game where they um so the so substitution? so so what happened was um a receiver lined up in a slot and declared himself ineligible. Yes. But and that forced the Ravens, like the Ravens just didn't know how to react to that, so they just um, yeah, like they, they, they they covered that they yeah they covered that receiver. So basically, it's just like oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't prepared to play prof- uh football at the professional level, and I got out coached, and that that's basically I, I, what it yeah, was. Yeah, I mean, you really can't, particularly as the Patriots. I mean, like you really can't just sit there and make excuses for why you got burned. I mean, it's yeah. just like, dude, like that, that, that. Like, I still can't figure out how no one has figured them out for the yeah. most part. So, it, so it basically, blows my the, mind. So, so for the rest of my fantasy week, Jacoby Brissett, thirty-five <laughs> point. Yeah, I'm, I, I know. Just before we get off, of <laughs> it. beautiful, no, beautiful transition because I mean, we, we probably could have just got another ten minutes on oh, various I, other Patriots fiasco. And, and here's as the experienced podcaster, I have to break it off. No, You've done more than a few podcasts for yourself. I, I you have, know how these tangents go. No, I know, and we that, that, that's the beauty. At this point, we, we've done enough. We've done enough. Shows. We, we we know how to get the, back on the rails. It's, it's sometimes the smoothest transitions are just not possible. No, sure, yeah, yeah, just go for it. Just jerk go for it. it back on yeah, the road. Full, full, yeah, full speed ahead. 
And see, right now we're going off on a tangent, on tangents and tr- yes. transitions. So to transition uh, uh, from my transition, Jacoby Brissett, 35.6, four points for me. Uh, great. I love Jacoby. He's a great fantasy relevant quarterback this season. Absolutely. And, uh, four Absolutely. touchdowns. Um, Michael Thomas, 13 points. Dorsett, uh, 10. Sony Michelle, 21.6 with those two touchdowns. So basically the guy <laughs> who made me as competitive as I was – Ultimately, lost the, me the game. That's, yeah, no, that that's so, I. So, final I'm, score of this game: one hundred three point two eight to one hundred and two point two four. That's that's brutal, man. That's brutal. Yep. Now, absolutely. Uh, David Montgomery, negative point one. Yeah, he had a hell of an outing. We'll have more on that later. But oh yep. boy, those bears, that Bears uh, off is clicking. Obviously, uh, this is not a PPR league. So, if you have Montgomery in PPR leagues, he at least. He got you over, he got you in positive points, which is, which is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, not so much. I, to, I, I, how'd you, how'd you do that, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Really very nondescript week. I pulled out a miracle win because Julian Edelman did not get enough yards. So that was nice. Thank you. Ju- thank you, Julian Edelman. I still hate you. You're still a dank, but Hey, thank you for not delivering. Uh, it rarely, I mean, it's very rare Edelman does not get double-digit fantasy points even in a standard league, and he didn't do that this week, and I appreciate that thoroughly. Um, really, not too many, non, very nondescript week for me. My only guys on my team, Dak, Dak Prescott had a fine game on Sunday night against against the Eagles. Not flashy, only, he only he only he threw one touchdown, ran one in, that was it. Not, not a particularly exciting, got like 22, 23 points, nothing crazy. Um, Allen Robinson, the, a.k.a. the only, uh, only member of the Chicago Bears office that shouldn't hang their head in shame, had a solid outing. And that was, a, and Justin Tucker. Booting, booting dingers all day long. Besides that, I had a, I had a pathetic showing at running back because I, ha- I had Philip Lindsay at the aforementioned Philip Lindsay and Duke Johnson Jr. who did nothing. That was obviously a, a hail mary start. He didn't do much because uh, Bill O'Brien doesn't know how to get him the ball, even though he he's uh, does really good on a per catch on a per touch uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. basis. Are, are you saying are you saying Bill O'Brien's team might have some play calling issues? This yes. is a new issue that I've never and, heard, and of. some personnel issues too. I was like, hey, well, this guy's doing really well. Um, we should not give him the ball. Again, we'll like, touch him. <laughs> or this guy's doing really well. We should have no depth behind him because he's no, probably never going no, to get injured. No, everybody will be durable, particularly if it's the quarterback behind our horrible the, offensive the, the line. The Texans have been the most top-heavy team for the last decade, I feel like, in every single year it's their downfall when it comes to the postseason yeah, stretch but, but or the in kicker, the postseason. But here's the kicker with, with, with the running back situation in Houston. <clears> they went and added depth, and they don't use it. Duke Johnson, no, that's the thing. Uh, obviously, if you're a big analytics guy, Duke Johnson has not that been that effective. I've actually been watching these games too, because as he, you know, I, like I'm, I'm a kind of Texans fan. It, it's just he's getting he's getting targets, he's getting carries and stuff like that. It's, it's just not resulting in a ton but, ton of yards. But look at the no, but look look at the look at look at the the per touch yardage. It's it's very good. He's averaging seven, eight, nine yards a touch. That's that's exceptional. He's barely touching the ball. He's shown enough. There was a couple of games where he didn't do much, but for the most part, but that's, he's been, but that's the result of splash plays, though, and you and you can't discount how sometimes that excuse the that skews the, uh, the statistics. And again, analytics. I, I, th- analytics I think are he screwy. Would, I think he would be doing better if he was on the Browns. He would have been that quick option for Baker Mayfield, and Baker Mayfield's whole problem this year has been holding the ball way too long. Yeah. Allowing his pocket to collapse. That was a brilliant his... move. Brilliant move by Dorsey. Getting rid of him. That was really terrific because they 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 have a quality option behind Chubb right now. Uh, who Hilliard? Uh, well, I mean Kareem Hunt's on his way back. Kareem so Hunt. That, I know Kareem that, might be that, back in a couple weeks. That definitely can. Uh, yeah, like he's been yeah, cleared to practice. He so has week been, ten, he, I believe. It. Week yes, ten, I believe, is when week, he's eligible to play. Uh, yeah, it's week ten or week eleven. One of the one of the two. But anyways, to finish my thought on Johnson, if you're a big analytics guy, 
Uh, Pro Football Focus's elusiveness rating for running backs. Number one, Duke Johnson Jr. Ooh, so the well, analytics I, I did not know that. He's a shifty, he's a shifty bastard, that Duke Johnson Jr. They should give him more touches. <laughs> but regardless, because Bill O'Brien doesn't like him, he only he only touched the ball like 10 times on Sunday and got like 66 yards. So that was uh whatever, fine, cool. I, I kept him around uh, after this week. But yeah, anyways, I was very fortunate to win in that league, and uh hopefully I will perform better this week now that guys like James Connor and Chris Godwin are off a of bye. Awesome, awesome. Well, <clears throat> Now, because you finished so well in that league, you were able to get the win. How about you uh, give some of yeah. your advice to the to the to the fellow watchers out there, the viewers? Oh, yeah. Give some waiver wire targets. Yeah. Um. Well, in addition, to, well, but yes, they really give me too much credit there with because I'm just a lucky bastard this season. So next it's year, just I'm, a next year, I'm crappy next year, I'm, next year, I'm doomed. But anyways, yes, on to the waiver wire targets, and we're starting this week with a real humdinger. I mean. <laughs> This guy, I mean, watch out. He is the next great wide receiver in this league. Goes by the name of Obasi Johnson. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Obasi Johnson? Obasi? The guy that came in, yes. The the fellow with the last name Johnson that came in for Adam Thielen last week. Now, this is a short-term option. Thielen... Thielen Adam was, Thielen hit the wall like a left fielder going no, for a home run. It was like. bad. I, I was I was watching. I was, <laughs> he really did. No, that, that's a that's a that's an apt apt parallel there. So comparison. I was parallel. Whatever comparison. Whatever man. I, I what are words? What are words? I don't My know. brain no think good too. No, I can't. I can't really speak. I mean, again, I think the audience has figured that out by now. Six, seven weeks in. Uh, anyway, so Johnson, so, so Thielen, 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 I knew, I knew he was hurt just watching the highlight. I watched the game I was watching on Sunday. See, uh, Seahawks, yeah, the Sea, the no, no, not, the Seahawks Raiders was four o'clock game. The one o'clock game I was watching, I was watching Raiders Packers at the time. Actually, I saw Thielen slide to the wall. And I'm like, he's dead. He's injured. Like he, he, we didn't get up. So, anyways, Johnson came in and he, Thielen's injury is not supposed to be long term. I think I think it's only because they have a short short turnaround this week that he's not playing. He 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 honestly tried to push himself and try to play, and he apparently is expected to come back next week. But uh, Johnson is a, is a good short term matchup, short term option this week. Good point. Good good uh, uh good oh crap. Uh, I guess a oh my god stream a good streaming option for receiver. There, there we, go. we go. There's the words again. Killing it. Um. This week, because they're playing the Redskins, and the Redskins secondary is terrible, and uh, the only team that didn't perform against them uh, in terms of the passing game was the Niners, because it was a goddamn monsoon happening. So there's gonna be no monsoon this week because the game is in Minnesota, which is a dome. And if there's a monsoon in a dome, the architects did a bad job. And for and for those uh, crossover rugby fans who are watching, we know a thing or two about monsoons and typhoons ruining games, don't we? Hashtag Rugby World Cup plan better for next time. That's. I mean, you, you got a lot. I mean, you got. Uh, Chris, just to give you a little bit of background. Rug, like World Rugby decided it was okay. It's like, what? What's the? What's the best place to have the Rugby World Cup? How about Japan during typhoon season? Like, should Why we not? have it? The, should we have it at the beginning or end of typhoon season? Mm-mm-mm. Heart of it, baby. That's that that. And so basically, it's like having like a a, a month long tournament in Florida in November. It, yeah, or like now. Yeah, we're in the middle of hurricane season. It's like, okay, guys, yeah. like, like you know what? Like, how about how about Halloween? We'll start this tournament in 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 Miami. Oh wait, there's a hurricane. Oh, who could have thought? 
Yep, and then next thing you know, all these teams have to forfeit games, which totally affects the standings. So not forfeit games, but call games at a draw, which affects the standings. Now all every Scottish fan in the world, like you know, like all seven or eight of them, are just really pissed off. Uh, so sorry, so, so, yes. sorry to worry or ruin your waiver wire so, yeah. targets, but oh, so obviously Johnson, um, he scored last week and he might score again this week. So good, good um, short term option if you're if you're desperate for receivers. Say you got a, a Dallas Cowboy on, on buy or something. You can go pick up o- a good old Obasi Johnson. Now, continuing the trends of Johnson's. Now, this one, I'm going to go on a limb and say more viable long-term fantasy play. That'd be Ty Johnson, the running back for the Lions. Because I don't know if you heard about another Johnson, Carry on Johnson. IR. Mm-hmm. Hurt the knee. A lot, lot, lot of knee injuries to running backs. Yep. Uh, fortunately, Sony Michelle's injury is not serious. That's he is not. Ex- he is not expecting to miss time. Well, unfortunately, Carryon Johnson was not as fortunate. Matt Patricia expects him to come back at some point. Is hopeful, I should say, not expects. Is hopeful he'll return at some point in time this season. But in the interim, not the case. And Ty Johnson is expected to get first and second down uh, duties and goal line carries and all that jazz. JD McKissick will come in on third downs. But Ty Johnson, if you were uh, uh, affected by the Carryon Johnson injury, why don't you why don't you go target his his, his uh, cohort there in Detroit? And Ty Johnson, rookie running back out of some whatever school, six-round pick. Didn't do much last week, but he I mean, he's going to get the ball, so that's really all that matters at this point. I'm going to say Danny Amendola gets the ball more than him, so Danny, Danny Amendola is my one waiver wire target for the week. Now, Danny Amendola, though, uh, not big enough to be a full to be a two-down running back, so Ty Johnson will, will definitely get more carries than him. Uh, uh, yeah, but I'm talking about as like a flex option. Yeah, you know, in, in, yeah they, got Marvin, they got Marvin Jones. They got Marvin Jones and, and Kenny Gollum. Marvin Jones with three touchdowns. Four. So four. whoever's four, four, touchdowns. four touchdowns. If you started Marvin Jones, send me your freaking lotto and numbers, now, baby. Now, remember the, remember that league where, where, I just, where I just talked about where I lost by less than a point? Uh, owner, can I play? Had Marvin Jones on the bench. So wow. <laughs> I dodged the damn bullet there. But uh, yes, moving on to the third option. I know, I, I know, Liam, big fan of the Indianapolis Colts receiving core, right? You love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going with the number two there for now. I mean, de- obviously they had like Paris Campbell behind behind my pal Eugene. I say our pal Eugene. You're a big fan of Eugene. You you you, you love Eugene. Ty, oh, yeah. you're a big fan. <laughs> I love your your team, baby. Eugene. Your team, Eugene. So behind our behind our close personal friend, Eugene, they, they there's been a void. Devin Funches. Injured. Paris Campbell, rookie, who did nothing and then got injured. <laughs> but fear not, Colts fans. You got a number two receiver now, and his name is Zach Pascal. Now, Zach Pascal, or Pascal, whatever the hell his name is. Um, again, I'm just the, the preparation, I, I just is top notch. Uh, the, the, the preparations there, I should say. I, I just can't I can't pronounce anybody's names. Uh so Pascal has played in the last he's only played four games this year, last four games. Over that time, 13 catches, 239 yards, three touchdowns. Now, obviously, that reception total, not great. But he had, he had his highest reception total and highest target total last week. And Indy, obviously, they're run-first offense, and, and they're going to be ups and downs. But Pascal, is he's definitely solidified himself as the number two passing option behind T.Y. Hilton, particularly in an offense that doesn't really have a running back. That's a great pass catcher. Nakeem Hines' usage is kind of not there. Eh. Marlon Mack has been very good as a runner, but he's not quite there as a pass catcher yet. So I think Pascal should get some looks and be a solid – I think he, he, he like a WR4, honestly. I, I think he, I see it for him. WR four. Yeah. Wow. So he so he sits on your bench for like six weeks, and then you drop him yeah. the next time that you think that somebody might be better. That that's, no, that's a WR four. That's me. a five. Yeah. That's a five. You're being too you're being too hard. Particularly, <laughs> guys. Some people have like forty two receivers on their rosters. 
So Pascal's <laughs> above the above the the guys you bet you uh drop when you need to go get a kicker on a bye week or some shit. <laughs> uh yes. Anyways. All right, what about the steel curtain? Tell me about We're it. We're going to the, the new steel curtain. The new steel curtain of the Steelers' defense. Now, uh, before their bye last week, you saw them put an absolute beat down on the Chargers in terms of takeaways. And they've been a takeaway machine. I mean, like, I mean, they have 15 takeaways in six games. It's very impressive. Actually, five games. They, they were on bye. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 I lied. They've, no, it is. It is six because it's week eight. Sorry. So six games. So, so 15 takeaways in six games, 20 sacks. And one touchdown, which they got against the Chargers, Devin Bush, fumble recovery touchdown. And also, if you've seen their schedule, it's an absolute farce. They have one tough matchup the rest of the way. It's against the Colts next week. They got the Dolphins this week. They got two matchups with the Browns. They have the Bengals, the Rams. But here's the, the thing, though. They're already two the and Bills five. They're and already, the Jets. They're already two and five, though. Are, can they... Can they win enough games to avoid nine and seven, eight and eight? Because I don't think I don't think nine and seven gets you into the playoffs at the, at you know at this point. No, in time but at this point they're tanting at eh, tanting. Tanking is counterintuitive for them because they traded their first round pick to the Dolphins for Micah Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. So they like winning six or seven games for them, which I think is entirely feasible given how bad their schedule is. Is is good? Like they need they need to do that. Like if they want to give Miami a, a worse draft pick. They need to do because imagine if Miami has like the number one pick and like the number six pick. That's a problem. <laughs> they need it. I mean, they need all the help they can get at this point. But well, how how many first round picks like what what they are the do the Dolphins have now? Three? Three. Yes, they have they have Houston's, they have Pittsburgh's, and they have their own. Yep. And then next year they again they have three, I believe. Uh no, two. Just no, they two, have two I think. no, no, because uh, obviously Fitzpatrick only got them one. I think he, I think Pittsburgh gave them a two or a three next year, but not another one. Which yeah, makes so sense because it, so it's just Houston's two, so it's just Houston's two ones for uh, Laramie Tunzel. Cor- cor- correct, correct, yeah. and uh, yes. But anyways, Pittsburgh very easy schedule down the stretch. So this is a long term play, obviously. As, as Monday Night Football, also you remember what happened? So this is about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Remember the last time he played on Monday Night Football against this very team with Tampa? <laughs> the last Amish year. Rocket. No, the Amish Rocket had had his worst game as a buck when he had he threw like nine picks. I don't know if you remember that game last season. It was hilarious. No, no, it was the game where the fit because Murphy's Patrick got for that absolute like heater of a start last year when he went into New Orleans and killed them and all that jazz. Oh yeah, the he went game, on like, yeah, a three or four game tear and kept James on the bench. The game where it all fell apart for him was against was against Pittsburgh. He threw like four or five picks. It was a disaster. He had a he had a disastrous game against the Bears too. But the game the game against Pittsburgh was hysterical because he went in there. No, the game against the Bears was worse because he wasn't throwing the touchdowns. But he threw he, he had like a few like bomb touchdowns against Pittsburgh, and then he threw like five picks. It was. Do you, have any, do, do you have any stardoms for any leagues with IDPs in them for this? No, <laughs> that's psychotic. Oh my god, IDPs are the worst. I, I feel like the like the people who are in IDP leagues are like you know like a shady hardest of the hardest. No, yeah, they are like, they are too hardcore for me, man. I am too much of a baby to play in that shit. Like no, like that IDP like it's like where do you, what what like what guy do you choose? You get like one player at each like zone of the defense. So or you just next get one year, guy. Next year we're doing IDPs. No God, oh God, no. But anyways, finishing up the waiver wire targets. So we'll break this really quick. Um, Kenny Stills. I don't know if you'd heard, but Will Ferrell, Will, uh, Will Ferrell, Will Fuller pulled his hamstring again. Isn't that a shock? Will Ferrell probably also pulled his hamstring. Filming, Will, filming Will, a third anchor man. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't aware that uh, that that that, that stepbrothers had, had, yeah, had come to Houston. It's very <laughs> well acting. I mean, dude, it's not for the faint of heart, man. Injuries happen. You can pull, you can pull hamstrings on the set. Don't give Will Ferrell any ideas where some. 
crappy summer blockbuster. It's just like, I got it. I'm going to be the receiver nah, for the Texans. Well, it could be, man. Maybe he'll play Will Fuller in the biopic. I mean, it's great <laughs> casting. They look just, they look, they're dead right. Will Ferrell uh, is Kenny Stills. But anyways, Stills, I mean, I don't think everybody, I think everybody who follows the game knows that Kenny Stills is a, is a deep threat. This is Deshaun Watson's the best quarterback he's had since he's left New Orleans. And on fill-in duty last week, when Fuller went down, he had 105 yards and four catches. And he, I don't even think Bill O'Brien could screw this one up in terms of usage. Uh, <laughs> unlike, we, unlike in week one when he was running shovel passes with Kenny Stills. You know, Kenny Stills is just, just he, he, he does one thing and he does it well. So play the hits with Kenny Stills. Don't get cute. And I think even Bill O'Brien knows that now after he spent some time with them over the past seven weeks. So as long as Fuller is out, Stills should be an excellent, excellent flex play or whatever. Or a WR4 that you may or may not like, not consider playing. Liam? WR4, WR5, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Four, five, six, they're all the same. You know, you, you drop them as soon as the next big Joe exactly. Schmoke comes along with exactly. a good, with a good I matchup. To, I, I stream. To, I stream exactly. my fantasy. Yeah, mm. that's right. Who keeps a fluid roster? I know, sorry, yeah. Who keeps a solid roster? It's all fluid, baby. No, 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 I got to check the IDP wave a while. Yeah, exactly. I need to pick up Devin Bush. Dude. All right. Devin White. Okay. I don't know. Hey, guess what? Transition. We're moving on to hits and whiffs. Uh, so last week I gave a lot of bad advice and I don't even want to get into a whole lot of them. So I'm just going to admit my biggest whiff. I told you guys to start, uh, I told you guys to start Griffin, the tight end of the New York Jets. Totally thought it was going to be a big game. Wait, did the Jets passing attack do bad on Monday night? It it, it did pretty bad. I think Sam Darnold, you know how many, you know how Marvin Jones had four touchdowns? Well, yeah, Sam Darnold had damn Sam Darnold had four interceptions. So he, he Sam, did. damn Darnold. Uh, now I I did, did the Patriots have more interception return yards than he had did passing yards. <laughs> I think that's a time we can see before. I, I wouldn't be uh, surprised. Devin McCourty had his millionth interception of the season, uh, so his I Hall mean, of Fame career just blitz, continues. Blitzes are confusing, man. Yeah, <laughs> who know? Who knew? Um, and, and, no, it, so, and it, also, it turns out uh, Ghostgate uh, is now a real thing. Uh, turns out that Bill Belichick uh, was spotted with a uh, with a Ouija board on, yes. on the sideline. Um, he, he was he was conjuring up the spirits of old Jets of Jets yeah. past. <laughs> exactly. He, um, so he yeah, resurrected the, Chad Pennington's shoulder. <laughs> I, I, I was I was just going to say he has like a <laughs> he has a lock of of Eric Mangini's hair. He has a fingernail from Chad Pennington. He has he uh, stole one of Joe Namath's fur coats. <laughs> exactly, just set it all on fire with goat's yeah. blood. He has he has the helmet that Bryce Petty got his head stuck in, <laughs> and he has the butt fumble pants. Just to... <laughs> of course he does. Bill ha- Ernie Adams gets Bill everything he wants. The, well, the, the butt fumble pants were already hanging in Bill's uh, in Bill's man, in man cave. So are you sure they aren't Canton? <laughs> Probably should be if they're not. I'm being 100 serious. I mean, one of the great moments in NFL history. That's not a joke. I mean, I I don't care how you feel if you're a Patriots fan. I don't care if you're a Jets fan. That's one of the most memorable moments. I mean, like, I mean, obviously, there's no secret. I hate the New England Patriots. Let's stop pretending that that was that was truly one of the most iconic moments in in league history in my eyes. Like, like, that's the moment. you're gonna tell your you're gonna tell your grandkids about that. 
like, I, I like, was watching that game. I remember them. I remember them like putting on the replay in the in the announcer going, "Hold on, I, <laughs> I think I think he fumbled off the rear end of the lineman." Yeah, would you look at that? He, he fumbled off the rear. End. <laughs> like, that was you heard the commentator. I can't remember who it was at the time. Like just mentally it, digesting it. That it was he fumbled that was off the, his th- That was the Thursday night Thanksgiving game. So that that was probably it was Al Michaels and Collinsworth. Probably. Um, so I mean, like that—that's like almost more than ten years ago at this point. So, oh God, just what a moment! Vince Wolfork, Vinny baby, what a guy! What All right, guy. Um, my, my, my one big hit of the week: Leonard Fournette, uh, over a hundred yards, twenty-something points. Um, however, how does injury come into play with these sometimes? Because I told you guys to sit Brita, that you know kind of worked out. But I also told you guys to sit, uh, start Josh Gordon, and of course he was announced as he inactive. Was he, he was announced as inactive. Uh, Early that morning, he, he got he got yes, and he got put on IR like an hour ago. Yeah, and released like an hour ago. He got cut. Yeah, he got waived. Yeah, he got waived. Okay, I thought that However, I thought they weren't gonna. I thought they weren't gonna waive. I heard they were gonna waive him. I just didn't. Um, I just didn't think that they were gonna waive him until he was healthy. Because he said he said apparently he's like a week or two from return, a week away from returning, and the Patriots were gonna waive him when he was healthy. Well, I don't know. I we'll mean, see. But well, the injuries have been like, how the hell are we supposed to know? I mean, there's guys. It's not like we're, it's not like we're picking guys that are guaranteed to be. It's not like it's not like we're gonna say starter sit Adam Thielen, who was already ruled out for the game tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. But like, I had I had it up a couple weeks ago. I had Tyrell Williams. I said sit him against the Bears. He didn't play. Mm-hmm. It, it for honestly, it, you know what? It just counts as a hit. We said to, we said to sit him. Mm-hmm. Well, and... I should clarify that. If it's start, then you were wrong. And if, if it's a sit, you look like a genius. Because yeah, I mean, it... there's no better production than a zero. Does, like it doesn't matter if they doesn't matter if they don't no get the ball or they, they don't play. I, yeah. I, I, I no, but I'm saying there's no better for a sit up. Oh um, yeah, no, I mean I, yeah, no, I guess so. And I mean like like I said, Brita got hurt like in like the first or second quarter, only yeah. had like three or four points. So yeah, Bob, I, I look like a genius. I knew that shit was yeah, exactly. gonna happen, man. Exactly. All right, so for for me, my my hit this week, I uh, Liam touched on it earlier. He had a miserable performance. I'd be sitting David Montgomery. I mean, boy. And it's even funnier because what were the two things that I said of why I was going to sit him? Not sure about the not sure about the touches, and I was scared of the Saints' defense. Both proved to be true. He touched the ball like four times for for like twelve yards, and he fumbled. <laughs> uh, yeah, not not good. Really, really, really. Yeah, and I'm very glad. I feel bad for poor souls like Liam who were forced to start him. Yeah, who I literally had no other option. Either. It's. It's horrible, and I'm glad that the one league I had him in is an eight-team league, and I didn't have to play him, and I actually dropped him this week to pick up a kicker to replace Justin Tucker on bye week, and I have no regrets over that because he's been ass all season. Now, part of it's his fault, and part of it's part of it's the old line's fault, and part of it's from Matt Nagy for not knowing what to do with him. So it's really just a, it's just really a, a combination there. But anyways, yeah, Montgomery, that was my hit for the – my whiff was uh, starting Kyler Murray. Now, uh, while uh, – Yeah, Ken, thanks, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, I started him in one league, all seven points. Awesome. Yep. Um, yeah, didn't – I mean, while it was not quite to the extent of what happened in D.C. last weekend, didn't know there was going to be a whole hell of a lot of rain headed towards East Rutherford on Sunday. Yeah. I, I, I turned that game on. I'm like, oh, wait, it's raining like crazy. So I mean, yeah. I also said to start Jimmy G and some – yeah, that, that game yeah, got We, we both too. got burned by the monsoon last week. <laughs> yeah. The damn monsoons. I mean, I mean, I mean, no, but that Redskins, that Redskins Niners game was hilarious because, like, when people got tackled, it looked like they were like literally had like fallen from the sky. It was like no, it was literally just like it was just like 
there was a slip and slide. It was every time someone got tackled, it was just like a like huge splash of water. You don't see that very often. That was not now that was not happening in East Rutherford. While it was coming down and it was affecting the it was affecting, it was making it hard to throw. It was nothing like what was going on in DC. That was absolutely like torrential rain that you like you rarely ever see. Yeah, dude, dude, honestly, man, thank the force that there was actually like no knee, like significant knee injury or Achilles injuries yeah. either as a result yeah, of that I'm game. Yeah, I'm really shocked that, no, that, that well, there wasn't any crazy injuries coming out of that shit. But anyways, yeah, Murray had a very, very quiet day. No touchdowns, 130 yards. He couldn't take advantage of the great matchup. So combination of the of the rain and Chase Edmonds really uh, screwed him over this week. Well, but the Cardinals you're... Cardinals are at 500 right now. Three wins, three wins in a row. It's the air yeah. raid. Nobody's got an yeah. answer for it. <laughs> the what? air raid, or like you know, more like tricky run plays. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, more, more like the, uh, more like the, the screen raid. Where I think would be a more accurate, <laughs> the, the RPO raid. The, hey man, the, the but RPO uh, dump off raid. But here's the thing, though. I feel like Cliff, the media are the ones who are like, it's going to be the air raid, air raid, air raid. Cliff Kingsbury is like the one that is the one the whole time has been like, it's just going to be an offense. Like because well, he ran an air raid at Texas Tech. I mean, I'd be like, so, and so he, then he moved to the NFL. Yeah. That doesn't like, mean anything. Chip Kelly and Steve Spurrier and Saban all brought their systems to the NFL. So who knows? Well, yeah. But and I'm, I'm not going to anoint Kingsbury a prophet yet. He's won three games in a row against garbage teams. They're playing. If they go, now let's see what they do this weekend. Oh, no. Go to the Superdome. Yeah. All right. I'm definitely not ready to anoint uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, I've heard that. Like, oh, Arizona. Uh, Arizona. I, mean, I wasn't accusing you of doing it. I know. I know you're. Yeah. You're, I mean, like, you're not. I mean, like, I, I, you're definitely higher on Kingsbury than I am, which is not saying much. But you're yeah. not. You're not a but, champion of Kingsbury. But oh, most definitely. But not. they beat. Let's see. They beat the Bengals, the Falcons, and the Giants. Like, <laughs> eh. If uh, if they go out there, if they if they play competitive, well, honestly, if beating, they beat the beat, Saints this week, then I'll 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 convert. But not now. Be- beating the Falcons is more of a testament to their defense, if anything, just because Matt Ryan is a pretty good quarterback. They do have Julio, and I feel like that offense should I, I feel like the Falcons are gonna win at least three or four games this season at the very least, just by putting up touchdowns alone, thanks to Ryan yeah. and Julio. And I, I thought the Cardinals were gonna be one of those teams that they were gonna be able to, you know, well, use that strategy and that win. That game would have went to OT if Bryant didn't miss the, the extra point. Yeah, my bad on that too. I told you guys to start him, and uh, all right. So, anyways, yeah. So, interesting test for Arizona. We'll see how it goes. All right, moving on. uh, So, this is going to be an interesting little segment. It's called Last and Next. This this is a great idea for a segment. Sorry, interrupt. Oh yeah, thank you. Thank you. So for a little exercise, me and Chris, we're going to choose one player who we believe is in their very last year of fantasy relevance. Uh, so a player like, you know, for like the last, you know, three or four years, you, you'll, you will want it on your roster. Someone who has been one, a fixture, if you will. Exactly. Exactly. And one player who is starting next year. So not me, maybe, maybe not necessarily this year in a big way um, will be very fantasy relevant. Yes. So a, a so snapper on the rise, if you will. <laughs> Exactly. So I'm going to say uh, they're in their last year of fantasy relevance. Uh, this guy brought me some good times. The one year that I, I got to the fantasy championship, he was on my team. He was having a great year. Mr. Keenan Allen of the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, my, my my big thing is is just, uh, the future that I see for the Chargers organization. I think there's going to be some upheaval. I think they believe in Anthony Lynn as a coach. But I also think they want Anthony Lynn to kind of build his own foundation there. Because if you think about it, Anthony Lynn, he came into Phillip Rivers running the show. There was already some foundational pieces of that defense in place. Uh, there was already, you know, like some offensive leaders, um, uh, you know, in that in that locker room apart from Rivers. 
So I think, you know, if, if this season really does just goes kaput and it does become hopeless, I think a lot of people get traded, not necessarily Rivers, but I think Keenan Allen can be one of those names who ends up going to another team. And we've seen it time and time before, though, that a good receiver goes to another team. <clears throat> sorry, a, a good receiver goes to another team and they might have some good games here and there, but they're never as truly effective or they might, or they might become this the number two or number three option behind some younger, uh, more talented options with higher ceilings. So I think Keenan Allen next, uh, over the next two or three years, he might just become that deep threat red zone guy, but I don't think he's going to become the guy who consistently puts up, you know, between 15 and 20 points a game. Um, and that's, in that's, their- that's interesting. Cause I mean like Allen, I, I think that he, cause he, he's 27. He has the injury history too, which is a long, I'll give you that the injury history. I, I forgot. I forgot to mention that the, the injury history is a big thing. Um, you know, he spent a lot of time recovering as opposed uh, recovering as opposed to training. Clean. Exactly, and we've and we've seen with uh, Sammy Watkins, foot injuries are not easy to recover uh, to recover oh. from. Uh, Sammy Watkins, um, he he he's luckily been able to play it sort of safe. Obviously, he still had his uh, his his injury. Um, issues over the years, but the last two years, I feel like Sammy Watkins has kind of realized he is the kind of guy that needs to be on a pitch count if he wants to re- uh, to remain effective. Unfortunately, sometimes uh, it, that that yeah. the situation just calls for him to be on the field and he can't handle it. Um, yeah, the foot keeps getting screwed up. I mean, really, so, like the only the only guy that's like successfully been able to like conquer a foot like a lingering foot injury long term is Julio. Julio's been having foot problems since he's been in the NFL. All right, and so for my ne- next up to be fantasy relevant, not ne- necessarily this year, I think Tariq Cohen out, and I think David Montgomery in. Uh, David Montgomery, I think he's going to be like a much better version of Rex Burkhead, uh, somebody who has both between what? the tackles and... <laughs> <laughs> that is just that is a comparison that I like. It is a much better version of Rex Burkhead. Ah, yes, the great Rex Burkhead. <laughs> oh, this is like Rex Burkhead is somebody who he can go between he, the tackles. He can receive. Uh, he can catch yeah. the ball and stuff like that. But Rex Burkhead He's is just fine. very, very, very middling. I think David Montgomery yeah. can be a a one and a half. Or a, no, no, a, like like a, a like a point nine. Like not quite a number one. Uh, running back, but somebody who's, who splits time with somebody else, um, whether that's you, you, you Cohen. Think, or... So you think he could be a one B? Is what yeah, you're like, yeah, so, so yeah. He would be the Mark Ingram in the in the Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. Race. Exactly, exactly. However, I think uh, his receiving ability is it's what's going to put him over the edge, especially over the next few years uh, yeah. for Mitch Trubisky. Um, maybe so, so Mitch... throw him the ball. That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, so so put it, <laughs> put it this way, Mitch Trubisky to me has two, maybe three years left in Chicago. Um, they're they're obviously going to try. Not. Yeah, and they're they're, they're going to they're going to try to alleviate some of the pressure on him by a lot of swing passes and screens. David Montgomery's the guy they're going to try to use to make him work. Uh, what about for you, Chris? Yeah, well, hopefully um, Nagy decides to like you know use him because who knows David Montgomery? I don't know what the hell he is yet because he doesn't touch the damn ball. It's yeah, very confusing, but yeah, no, like, I'm very very confused with how Nagy has used him. Like I mean, like they they traded up. They had very limited draft capital. They traded up to get him. The door. They traded Jordan Howard. Like they had a they had a void at, at like that running back. So obviously, Tariq Cohen is is a is a pass catching back. He's he, you can't use him. You can't use him between the tackles. He's too damn small. As elusive as he is, he's too goddamn small. So Montgomery, like you're like, oh, he's gonna be like the 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 like pseudo bell cow. He's gonna be like using him all over the place. Like oh, Jordan Howard. The reason Jordan Howard didn't work is because he couldn't catch passes. But it's like cool. But you know, Jordan Howard actually got opportunities. Montgomery hasn't. Well, yes. Sorry, you 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 set me off there with with my my my, inner, my Bears fan couldn't help myself. But anyways, yes. So my last so my last year, Todd Gurley. 
I mean, obviously the this there was... th this kind of shocked me when I saw it on the script. Huh? Really? Okay. Well, yeah. What? Well, well, why? Because because like because because how because I, I been? well no just because like I I feel like this year's he's purposely being kept uh you know like on on the pitch count to keep the tread off the tires. I feel like Sean McVay is somebody who kind of looks at the long game in that way. I feel like he's really he, smart in that way. I mean, and, you have to with him. I mean, yeah. he, again, he has the injury history, and he just signed a huge extension. Now, this is the thing with Gurley. I think that – and, like, you want to talk about feet are bad. Knees are, knees are, are I think, worse. Arthritic. arthritic. And he, has an, he has an arthritic knee. Obviously, he tore it in college, and he hasn't been the same player. Since when he wore down like last December, I mean, obviously Todd Gurley has been a machine. He's probably been the best fantasy running back in the last few years. It's a toss up between him and Zeke Elliott. Now, unlike now, Elliott has miraculously like like been stayed healthy the whole time, which is weird. And he'll, I mean, he'll break down eventually, like like all running backs have touched the ball nine thousand times, but he has miraculously been able to stay healthy. He so got he'll that probably, money though. He so he'll probably he'll he'll, probably, he'll, pro he he'll get hurt. He'll get hurt week nine. Now that I said he never gets hurt. <laughs> um, after he, I, unless, I think it would be weird if he gets hurt in his bye week this week. That'd be really something, something else. But Gurley, I mean, the thing is, like, I think, I think right now, I think he's only being salvaged by his touchdowns. His yardage has not been impressive at all. Actually, in fact, listen to this. I just found this out on the on the Yahoo uh, about an hour before we recorded. So he's averaging three point six yards per touch this season. Of the thirty, like, obviously, I don't know what the minimum touch threshold was, but of the thirty four running backs that qualified, Gurley's ranked thirty first in that category. And the league average is 4.9 yards for running backs per mm -hmm. touch of those 34 running backs. Which say. is a pretty high average league wide. If you it, it is, it is, but Gurley is well below that. And he is just, the explosiveness isn't there. The durability obviously isn't there. And I think he's getting, and he's getting, he's approaching the running back old age. He's like 25 going on 26. He's, I think, I think the end is near for Gurley. I think he'll be relegated to, I think right now I think he's a touchdown dependent RB2, to be completely honest with you. And I think he'll be down to RB3 status within the next, next season. I just think. I do there was one particular draft I had this year. I remember I had the opportunity to, to get both Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley. And I was just thinking a year ago, that was inconceivable. Oh, absolutely. Like, that, that, like, absolutely. Those are two top five picks a year ago. Top three picks yeah. a year ago. And yeah. Gurley, Gurley was picked like a late second, early third this year, mid second and maybe. And because of Zeke's potential holdout, he was um, he felt like the bottom of the first, you know, second, yeah. third rounds in some leagues. Absolutely, I mean, second or third, I think might be a, that. that oh yeah. no, no, he he absolutely fell to the second. Um, in in, in one second, of my yeah, 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 third. Yeah. I was like third. That's bonkers. Depending on, I mean, it depends on the size of the league, but. Mm -hmm. Anyways, sorry. So yes, yes, Gurley. I'm I'm down on Todd Gurley long term. My next man by the name of AJ Brown. Now he was my favorite receiver coming out of the draft this year, and uh, the but I thought it was very unfortunate he ended up in Tennessee, who has a, a famously inept passing game. Now they have obviously now shifted quarterbacks from Marcus Mariota to Ryan Tannehill, and I think that the opportunity is there for Brown. I mean, Corey Davis is not panning out as number one; it just it just hasn't happened. Obviously, he, was he a has high his games. He, he has he, his he games does, here and there. He does. He'll flash every once in a while, but he mostly is very anonymous. So I think AJ Brown will take the mail. I think AJ Brown's a better receiver. I think he's a, I think he's a better route runner. He is good after the catch. Um, there's a lot of comparisons in league circles to Juju Smith-Schuster. Now I think he's, he's bigger than Schuster, so I don't I don't necessarily I don't necessarily buy that entirely. But if he's the next Juju Smith-Schuster, then Tennessee's got themselves a stud. And and he's look I mean look look what he did last week. Last week he has he had his most receptions of the season, and he's had little blips here and there. With despite the fact that this team doesn't throw the damn ball very often. So I think particularly if Mike Vrabel flames out and they get a and they get a better quarterback, better coordinator in there, I think AJ Brown has what it takes to pop. Okie dokie. All right, it is time for 
everybody's favorite segment of the night. We're going to try to get this done, uh, you know, before the hour mark. See if we can actually do this on time. It is stardom. Sit'em. Yep. So this is the segment of the show where me and Chris really show how truly mediocre of uh, football. This is where we we make this is where we make the gravy right here. Oh, yeah. This is this is where we earn the reputation. So I'm going to start this one off. I'm going to tell you guys four quarterbacks start Matthew Stafford versus the Giants. My reason being is the lack of carry on Johnson. I think they're going to want to put this game on Matthew Stafford's arm. So look for uh, guys like Kenny Galladay and Danny Amendola to get a high target count. Um, and Marvin I, Jones touchdown. And Marvin, and Marvin Jones. Danny you Amendola. can ride all day long, but no. you'll never. Catch Mr. Jones. You're, you're, you're nothing but an obscure hip-hop head that like you might know that song that I'm singing. It does sound vaguely familiar, but I'll, uh, my, my brain is dead while we're on these airwaves. Yeah. It, you know, it's just football. I'm like SpongeBob. Oh, all, yeah. I know, all I know is fine dining. <laughs> and filter feeding. Exactly. Um, anyway, so uh, you guys know, uh, if you watch this show regularly, I'm one to use this, this segment to just to tell you to pump the brakes on certain players, and I'm going to use this slot to do that now. Sit Ryan Tannehill. Don't don't you do it. Don't don't you do it. Oh! I I get two touchdowns, one interception, 323 yards last week. You know, you you might be thinking, "Oh, it's, it's different than Miami. Maybe Vrabel knows how to use this guy. Stop it." Or stop or, it. Or wow, did Tennessee actually get passing yards? This is crazy. Maybe they're onto something. Yeah, no, I, I, I think people like Vita Vea are going to eat up Ryan Tannehill. Um, I think Bruce Arians is going to find a way to game plan around it, um, especially now that there's some game film of him in Mike Frabel's offense. Um, yeah, so don't, don't, they don't you do it. Secondary though, they have a vulnerable secondary though. Their, their, their front's been really oh. they've been stout. They've been stout against the run, but I mean that the, the secondary. Oh, oh absolutely, is but I, I, but I don't believe in Tan and Tannehill's ability to kind of, um, you know, he's had he's had the knee issues and uh, in uh, in. I'm with you there. Oh, I don't believe oh, yeah. either. I mean, you know I mean, like, I don't, I don't think there's any question marks. I, I think the fact that he's an improvement of Marcus Mariota is kind of alarming. I think, I think yeah. I, 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 especially when you consider that Mariota had a 59% completion completion percentage, and only one turnover or no turnovers before the game where they benched him. Yeah, but but, but Mariota, like, he's just like such a he, like he's just he such a been, wet he quarterback. He's just like a he's just like a wet noodle of a quarterback. And yeah. Tannehill is like a slightly he's like a moist noodle, not a fully submerged noodle. <laughs> So easy, like, but you 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 would have think it was a but at the same time, just based on how they played, it's kind of like it was kind of like a huge upgrade last week. It was kind of insane, but anyways, exactly. All right, so t- t- tell us about your quarterback. All right, so there. start um, Deshaun Watson against the Raiders. Did you see what Aaron Rodgers did last week? He put up the like caught like college football stat line. Yeah, five five throwing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Yeah, why why not? Why can't Watson do something similar? And the Raiders' pass defense is really really bad. Got even worse. They traded Gary on Conley this week. So Watson's gonna yeah, have which, which I feel, which I feel like if you're two and four, to the two Texans, and five, yeah. even funnier. It's in the AFC. Yeah, two of the team you're playing this week. So we on the show have also decided to stop questioning the ways of John Gruden. So that that is true. That is true. yeah. Not not a whole lot of hell of a lot of sense going on there in Oakland. Uh, the Mayock Gruden brain trust not really making decisions that are uh, savvy. But uh, yeah, Watson obviously has been great for a fantasy perspective, particularly over the past few weeks. And I I mean this is a this is a layout matchup. So I, I think Watson I, I think Watson is going to be the MVP at quarterback this week. Uh, sit him now a guy that I know Liam told you to start him, start him last week in the monsoon. I'm going to tell you to sit him in a less and probably not a monsoon this week. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. 
I mean, they, I mean, as great as the Niners have been so far this season, he is Garoppolo has been very average, and the the Panthers' defense is sneaky, sneaky good. I mean, look what they did to Winston. That pass rush ago. is good, and their run They're, defense is even better. And their secondary is good. James Bradbury's having a hell of a year, so I think uh, I think San Francisco will win the game, but I do not think Garoppolo will be particularly effective against that defense. All right, now moving on to running, running backs, Chris. back. Who are, who, are, who are you feeling to, uh, to start the, start on the field? No, uh, no, I week. saw what he did for you last week for his stardom against that awesome Bengals run defense, and I was like, you know what? I want another Leonard Fournette action. I mean, Leonard Fournette has, you know, maybe. Big Lenny. Has he turned a corner? Well, I now don't that know. you said it, now that I don't you know. said it, he I know, I know. Now I've spoken into existence. No one else has the thought. Uh, it's just me, but sorry, Big Lenny. The Jets, honestly, the Jets defense, even with CJ Mosley back, is not particularly imposing. Fournette's on a roll. Minshew, the the Jets secondary is actually pretty good, so I don't think this is gonna be a big Gardner Minshew game. So I think it's gonna be feed the hell out of Fournette and full speed ahead down in Jacksonville this week. Who, who's Gardner Minshew? I only know Uncle Rico. No, 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 no. (laughs) I'm shutting down any and all Napoleon Dynamite talk. (laughs) All right. for, for running no backs, throwing I'm the ball t- bounds. No, and for, for no. me to sit him this week would be the would be Mr. Philip Lindsay. Joe Flacco tried to get him killed last <laughs> week, and I will be fading myself because I because I don't have the choice. But um, the Colts' run defense has been surprisingly stout this year, and the I mean after that showing last week, I just don't believe in Denver's offense at all. But, but the thing is, though, without Emmanuel Sanders, is Joe Flacco really going to have that many targets? He might just get 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 PPR points, especially. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Lindsey obviously is a good, is a pretty good pass catcher, and, and Royce Freeman's actually been a better pass catcher than expected this season. So, I mean, the running back targets will go up. I think you're, I think you're right. Particularly says I don't even know who the hell the number two receiver is now. It's Deshaun Hamilton, actually. Sorry, they've got Tim Patrick coming off IR in a couple of weeks, but yeah, I think I, I think Corlin Sutton will get a further boost. But like Lindsey, I don't know. I just don't like the mat. Indy has been really. They've been like bottom six, bottom seven against for running backs. Six or seven, six or seven, like the least points against running backs this week. And just the way that Denver Denver's office wasn't moving the ball at all last week, so I just I just I'm just not liking the match. I think Lindsey I think Lindsey's gonna flop again. Okay. Particularly, particularly since he was yelling at Flacco after he tried to get him killed in the fourth quarter of that game. <laughs> yeah, well, pretty Joe Flacco ain't the uh, ain't the most no. protective guy around. For my running backs, I'm gonna tell you guys to start Nick Chubb versus New England. Um, I, one of ah. the things New, New England does really well takes away their uh, takes away their best weapon. I think that's gonna be Jarvis Landry, and I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. is going to have much luck either, especially with Devin McCourty um, uh, over the top along with his brother Jason. So I think Nick Chubb is going to get the majority of work. And I think the Patriots are going to give up a lot of, uh, a lot more running plays underneath to prevent the bigger plays to, uh, to Landry and to Beckham jr. So look for Nick Chubb, uh, to get a decent amount of points, maybe hawk a touchdown in there. I shouldn't even say hawk a touchdown because he's one of the primary weapons of the offense. Uh, for my sit him, going to keep the ball out of Mayfield's hands in Foxborough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, sit him, Tevin Coleman versus Carolina. Um, like, like we were saying, Carolina has a sneaky good defense, especially their run defense. Um, I think I think Goodwin's going to be the number one weapon here for uh, for Jimmy G. Uh, so sit Tevin Coleman. I, I like it. You like, like it? I All like right. It. Well, well, okay. Well, then if if you like it uh, so much, let's move on to wide receivers. Where I'm going to tell you guys to start: John Brown versus Philadelphia. John Brown uh, in all but one game uh, so far this season, he's posted double digit points. I've always been kind of skeptical of him, but uh, but Philly's secondary has been kind of suspect this season, so I'm all for starting John Brown in this one. Josh Allen can't do a whole lot, but he can absolutely throw fun, it deep. And jo- John Brown fact. can't – yeah? About John Brown. 
one of two receivers in the league that has at least 55 or 60 yards in every game. It's only yep. him and Michael Thomas. That's it. Let, let, like I've been saying, double-digit points in all but one game. Stunningly high floor for John Brown. Exactly. So I'm going to tell you guys to sit Jarvis Landry. Along what I was saying for Nick Chubb, I think the Patriots are going to take away uh, the Browns' number one weapon. That's actually been Jarvis Landry in the receiving game. And um, yeah, and here's the thing though: Bill Belichick he does respect Baker Mayfield as a quarterback. The Patriots were really, really hoping he was going to fall, um, you know, into, into within the uh, top fifteen that they would be able to trade up for him. Baker Mayfield himself even said that he was expecting it to happen, um, but course that's not what happened the, uh john dorsey took him number one overall so yeah i'd be really weary of starting jarvis landry versus new england this week chris what do you got all right starting uh tyler lockett uh falcon secondary is basically non-existent and tyler lockett's russell wilson's favorite target there you go short and sweet uh on the <laughs> sit front tyler boyd he's been playing really bad recently he's rewarded by pl- this week by having to face jalen f and ramsey <laughs> probably not gonna go well he's had le- he's had 50 he's had less than 50 yards i believe three weeks in a row he is really struggling and this is uh about as bad of a get right spot as you could conceive for tyler boyd so i would not put him in your damn lineup is tyler eifer still alive or is, is his surprisingly healthy still surprisingly yeah still around. holy crap do we, can we have like a countdown clock or something like that like you know days without a tyler eifert injury he, uh, 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 probably i think we're at this point they were pushing like a year so good for him if he yeah, can make, man, if, he, if he can make it through the season that would be that would be a staggering especially staggering after that, when was that leg injury was it like one oh, or two God. years ago <laughs> i don't know man i forget a brutal injury every single year it seems yeah all right, so moving on to tight ends. Uh, Chris, what do you got? All right, starting uh, in that very same game, Gerald Everett. I mean, the Bengals' secondary is banged up as hell, and Everett has emerged as, like, the number two pass uh, number two pass catching option behind Cup. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, in, that. in that offense. So I think Everett, I mean, he had a big game last week, and I, th- I think the, the Everett train's going to get two of the last three weeks, honestly, outside of he had, he had a clunker in that San Francisco game two weeks ago. But I think Everett seems to be, be really, really clicking with golf right now, and this is a, this is another great spot for him. Uh, on it's the not going to be Higby? No, Higby's the blocking tight end, man. Come yeah, on. I know, man. He was the, for the first ever McVay uh, draft pick, though. He was. So the sentimentality might get us more targets. Who knows? Um, and Sidham, even though he is a top-tier tight end and he is a uh, a, a fixture in that offense, uh, Zach Ertz, I just don't like him this week. Wentz is not nearly as good on the road. Buffalo's defense is really – even though they had a very mediocre showing against the Dolphins' uh, crap pot offense – uh, they they couldn't they couldn't handle Fitz Magic. I think that they will. I think they will be uh, not be as arrogant facing the Philly offense, even though they had a, they no showed last week against Dallas. And I think Ertz will have another blah game against a good defense. All right, hey guys, you want to see Chris have a stroke? I'm going to tell you guys to start, start, start. Luke Wilson what? for the Seattle Seahawks because ah. here's the thing: this is totally illogical. But because this is his second week in uh, or third week in the offense, I think he's going to get like two catches for 25 yards. But one of those catches is going to be a touchdown, which is going to be like a solid, you know, eight to 10 points, depending on whether you're like, and whether you're PPR. That's, that's MVP status right there. Yeah, exactly. So, no, is, is he going to go off for like 80, 90 yards? Absolutely not. I think, but I think this is going to be that random game where Luke, you know, uh, like, you know, gets those two catches in. And uh, yeah, total fluke game. So start Luke Wilson if you uh, if if you want to tempt the fantasy gods there. 
I have to say, I really admire your approach to picking tight ends because literally you're just doing dart throw picks every week. I think, but, but I think it's like you're getting, you're, you're getting a little big, that, you're getting a little big headed because Seals Jones, Ricky Seals Jones worked out for you. So you're like, yeah. oh, Ryan Griffin last week. I'm like, ah, here I come. And then if you hit on another one of these, you're just going to be, you're just going to be peacocking around for the rest of the fucking season. <laughs> I'm gonna be picking Moreau next, baby. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly, exactly. Foster Moreau. Oh my god! Not like you're gonna pick like Demetrius Harris. Gonna go back to the Browns ball in a couple Who, years. Who's that Packers tight end that every now and again he gets a big catch? Um, Tom like Crabtree. Dor- I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> He's been retired for a long time. I have no idea. Um, yeah, exactly. Mercedes Lewis. Are you talking about Mercedes Lewis? No, 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 no. Mercedes Lewis. It's, it's some big white guy. I don't know. He he probably listens to the is that, is, podcast. Is, is that so. the guy? I hope so. Was that the guy who got the touchdown last week? I think he's a receiver. The rando guy who caught one of the touchdowns last week. And like I, I, he might be a receiver now that you yeah, mentioned it. I, I don't know, but I can't wait for you to pick CJ Ozama in a couple weeks. That's gonna be very. <laughs> that's gonna be a very thrilling moment for me. All right. Um. So I told you guys to start Ryan Griffin. I'm gonna tell you guys to sit their actual tight end, Chris Herndon versus Jacksonville. Is he playing? <laughs> What uh so um he is questionable to uh, to play although there's been reports that um he has been trying to practice and get healthy um because when when healthy he is a pretty good receiving option he is so he's only helping gets after last week yeah so definitely be wary of him I wouldn't even pick him up if he's on waiver wire um yeah moving on to flex options start Brandon Cooks versus Cincinnati uh I think this is going to be like a playground game for the Rams I think they're going to absolutely take a dump I think Cooks Cooper Cup and um Robert Woods. That, yeah, there we go. Robert Woods. I think everybody has a good day. Gerald Everett. Yeah, Gerald Everett. Hey, dude, maybe even Tyler, Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby. <laughs> yep. I think everybody has a good day. And I'm gonna tell you guys to sit, sit DJ Moore versus New Orleans. Um, I think this is this has to be the game Kyle Allen shows he's a rookie. San Francisco. San Francisco. Sorry, I, I I literally even have that written down. I'm just no problem, pal. Me, me no read. Good. This hey, has to be the I, game. Kyle Allen gets exposed. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't even want to say exposed. I don't want to say that that he's a bad quarterback. I, I mean, either, he's an but, undrafted free agent who has miraculously been undefeated as a starter so far. Yeah, so I think exposed might be a little strong, but I understand what you're trying you're getting at because there has been like a, there has been a increasingly popular sentiment that he should be the starter over Cam Newton. Which, like, I mean, he has. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't expect this kid to be this good. Numbers are numbers, solid. baby. No, but yeah. I watched. I watched the Tampa game, the London game, a couple weeks ago. And he was, and he was like remarkably poised for a kid who was only making his fifth, sixth start. But yeah, exactly. And like, here's the thing: like, like Cam Newton is not Drew Brees. And don't get me wrong, Cam Newton does have an MVP under his belt, even though Drew Brees doesn't, which is total bulls bull crap. But at the same, he's not Drew Brees. He's like, even though, so Teddy Bridgewater is going to step aside. Drew Brees is going to start for the Saints. Yeah, but Kyle Allen also- might start for the freaking Panthers. But 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 it makes sense going for Kyle for the rest because Cam is injured. Cam mm-hmm. he has Cam has not got a chance to get healthy for years now, and he's deteriorating obviously because of the way that he played the game for so long at his at his peak. I get it, but. To say, like, if Cam, a healthy Cam Newton, if, if Cam Newton was healthy, I don't think there would be a, a doubt in the world they would be putting it back out there. But if Kyle Allen continues to manage games and play pretty decent and make good decisions, I think he's going to be out there. Okay, Chris, who are your flex options now? Tell me. Uh, okay, so start. Remember how I told you to pick Kenny Stills up earlier? 
about yep. Tony's stardom this week. Because well, I'll be. Because I, if there's going to be a game where his deep threat skills are utilized, it's going to be against this absolute dumpster fire of a Raiders secondary. Watson can probably hit him. You know, maybe that, that game Will Farrell had a couple weeks ago against Atlanta. Maybe Stokes can do something like that against Oakland. It's certainly well within the cards. And I'm going to take that sh- – I'm going to roll the dice that he does something, maybe not quite that crazy, but has himself a hell of an explosion for like mm-hmm. buck 52 touchdowns. I think I'm going to pick up Jackie Moon. I think I'm going to pick up Jackie Moon. Moonshot? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting ready to love me sexy, baby. Oh, hell yeah. So, I, I have a, uh, one of my best friends. That's like one of his Wolf Ferrell Wolf Hour movies. I, 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 I don't love it. I love Wolf Ferrell, but I think it's like his um, – 13th best uh, I, movie. I've started watching it like three times. I've never finished it. It's not, it's, it's fine. I think it's fine. I'm a huge fan of his, but it's, it's not one of my favorites, but the moonshot, it's a, it's a great move. The Flint Tropics health and organization. Uh, anyways, sit up. Uh, Corey Davis, Corey Davis, as Liam said earlier, Corey Davis, um, every a couple times a year, will uh, get up from his hibernation and go off. And I think he'll <laughs> go right back. Even though he has a very good matchup this week against Tampa, I think he'll fall back down to his 30 yard, 40 yard, Floor. I mean, no, they usually his usually his thirty to forty yard ceiling for him. Uh, he'll, yeah. So Corey Davis, don't 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 go all in on him. You he, he know what he is. He's a mediocre guy who occasionally explodes. He's like he's like the poor man Sammy Watkins. He's he's like my stomach basically. Exactly. You know, it's pre- it's pretty sturdy, but it, it, it it's gonna explode every now and again. Uh, yeah. Every once in a while, your 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 stomach will uh will rise to glory every once in a while, but usually it's pretty average. Yeah. And it does tend to happen whenever whenever I go to Nashville, which you know I don't know if the two are connected, but I don't know. But Corey Davis usually doesn't explode in Nashville; he usually kind of just stays quiet. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. maybe, maybe barbecue is like is the connecting factor. Perhaps maybe he get he gets he gets away from the barbecue and he comes alive. Exactly. Okay. He's got the he's got a big bad case of the itis. That's really <laughs> what it is. All right, um, mo- moving on to kickers. Uh, start Josh Lambeau. Lambo Lambo's been looking real strong over the last couple of weeks, and that uh, that the Jets defense not looking so strong. So Lambo, and as, as I said, Minshew, the good pass defense of the Jets. Um, Fournette has not really been scoring the touchdowns, even though he's been playing well. So this this strikes me as, as a uh, big a, a potential big spot for Josh Lambo. And uh, sit him, uh, Zane Gonzalez. Now Zane Gonzalez has double digit fantasy points in all but one game this season. He's been one of the best, surprisingly, out of nowhere, one of the best fantasy kicker options. Uh, however, they're playing the Cardinals. Or you got a rookie quarterback going against the Saints. Uh, excellent defense, and that does not uh, equal a lot of points being scored. All right. I'm so sorry, st- Zane. Sorry, sorry there, Zane. Uh, yep. I'm going to tell you guys to start uh, the guy, I'm pretty sure, who replaced Zane Gonzalez, Daniel Carlson versus Houston for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, yeah, Daniel, I think- Daniel Carlson's on the Browns, or does Austin Seabird? Uh, Austin, I'm sorry. I'm He's the totally... Zane Gonzalez was in Cleveland at one point. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Daniel Carson, the kid. In Austin Siebert. I'm sorry. I'm literally the like, I was trying to write it down off memory. Carlson's then... the kid. Is it Derek or Daniel Carson, the, the kid from in Oakland? But he, he's their kicker. It's Carl. That's yeah, Carlson. yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't pull that. You didn't pull that completely out of your ass. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. T- I'm totally. But like I said, I was trying. I was, I was trying to trying to go off memory. But uh, yeah. No. So Siebert. Uh, for the Browns versus New England. There we go. I think the Browns will not be able to make it into the red zone um, all, all, all that often. And I think uh, that, you know, he, he will be the beneficiary of such. I'm just going to tell you guys. You think the Browns are going to put points up on the Patriots? Field goals. In Foxborough? Field goals. Eh, yeah, touchdowns, yeah. no. Eh. 
Like I said, I th- I think that I think they're going to protect against the big plays. I think Nick uh, Nick Chubb has a big day. I'm going to tell you I guys so. to I hope so. sit sit Jason Saunders for the for the Dolphins. Um, just because one Dolphins. Um, sometimes he he's had a few pretty good games uh, so far this season. Um, you know where the Dolphins have just absolutely crapped out. But yeah, no, he's uh, don't don't. What believe if you Miami. can't resist hitching your wagon to a powerhouse offense? Then you should what? start him. I said, what if you can't resist hitching your wagon to a powerhouse offense like the <laughs> Dolphins? Oh, yeah. Then, then, you, then you start them? Yeah, absolutely. But okay. um, also, if you're a fan of the Amish, you know, so of if, course. You're from, if, you, if you're from, like, you know, Midwestern Lancaster. Pennsylvania. Lancaster. 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 Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Lancaster. That's the, that's the only Amish city I know. Yeah. That's the only one. I don't know. The, there's, there's plenty of others, I would I imagine, but that, that's the only one I know, so. I, All I, right. I hope Jebediah is doing well. And for defenses, start the Texans versus the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders are going to have a very good day. Derek Carr's a middling quarterback, eight touchdowns, four interceptions so far this season. Not awful, but like I said, middling and mediocre, and I think the Texans are going to expose that. J.J. Watt has a great day. Sit the Titans versus the Buccaneers. Um, I think Jameis Winston, this is going to be one of those random great days for crab legs. It very well could be, especially after the dud he put up in London against the Panthers uh, before the bye week. Uh, so my defense start of the Steelers, as I mentioned earlier, they're playing the Dolphins this week. The Dolphins are usually, uh, and the Steelers have been a turnover, have been a takeaway machine. The Dolphins are a turnover machine, and Fitzmagic will probably crap his pants under the brown, under the bright lights. So the Steelers in a great spot to perform and uh, sit them. Uh, th- 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 this was this was kind of just like an amp pick because a lot of the better defenses had good had at least decent matches this week. So I'm going with the Broncos, who are not owned by a ton of people, but they're playing the Colts this week, who uh, don't Jacoby. allow don't allow a ton of sacks, don't turn the ball over a lot, and the Broncos defense has been very erratic as is. So that's just not a good recipe for success. Yeah. All right, we have reached the end of the show, Chris. Any final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts. Um, the you know the Bears' offense. Maybe maybe you guys should just consider cloning Allen Robinson because he's the only guy that's been worthwhile this season. So that that's um and I and I also I I would also like to say that Allen Robinson, based on what he's able to do this season, particularly from a, from a fantasy standpoint, I think he's making an argument he's the best wide receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. Speaking he, of clones, <laughs> speaking of clones, what did you think of the Star Wars trailer, and did you get your tickets? Uh, no, I know I did not get my tickets because I do not buy advanced t- tickets this far in advance for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Star Wars show was, it was, it was fine. It was fine. I mean, I, I'm excited that JJ Abrams is back. I, I, I think that I, I trust him more than our pal, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> to, to close things out, Force Awakens. We, we do not like to insult Ryan on this show. But... No, but I was Last Jedi was just okay, which I know is a that, which, is that is that a hot take saying that the Last Jedi was just okay? Because it seems like everybody I mean, there, either loves it or hates the, it. For a lot of the fandom menace, yeah. I mean, like I'm also of the opinion that the Last Jedi was just okay. I don't <laughs> hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it, but like I mean, like I scorch I. I yeah, no, I, I I read a lot of the comics, and a lot of the comics uh, spurring from Last Jedi are actually pretty good. Um, but uh, you know, this is also a fantasy football podcast, so <laughs> it, it does look like a big sweeping conclusion, which is really that that's what I expect from Star Wars, and I I, I am excited to see it. I'm optimistic about it. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I hopefully uh, hopefully give me just give me a nice conclusion to that Ray Kylo Ren story. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. And make as maybe make, as, maybe make as long as, again. 
as long as it's not as long as it's not Raylo, I'm I'm fine with it. That's that's or, fine. Or and, and also keep friggin' uh, dollar store Han Solo off the screen. I love Oscar <laughs> Isaac, but Poe Dameron stinks. <laughs> no, I, I read the Poe Dameron comics. Those are phenomenal. But I'll I'll take your word for that, it. Man. That's a hot I mean, the take, character though. on on the screen, and I lo- I can't express to you how much I love Oscar Isaac, but he is so fucking dull in these goddamn movies. The I, I am going to have to really disagree with you on that. But anyway, I think we're out of time because so if there's nothing else. I'd like to thank you folks for listening to this episode of Earful of Fantasy. Remember, you can catch us every Wednesday night at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Facebook, or every Thursday morning via your favorite podcast provider, even the little orange one. Speaking of podcast providers, make sure you. you use it to subscribe to the earful of fantasy podcast and whatever provider that may be as the show is no longer listed on earful of dirt's normal feed uh so definitely very important for thing for you to do while you're at it make sure to give us a like on facebook where you can have the most direct interaction with me and chris or on twitter at eo fantasy folks all right thank you guys uh for tuning in stop yep. trying to kill alan robinson and mr bisky he's a good man yep he doesn't and- deserve that fate and make make sure you buy your advance tickets to Knives Out on uh, exactly. Up, Are they up. available yet? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. They might not be available. If they're not available, we rescind that message. But whenever they become available, you buy the hell out of those tickets. Yeah, exactly. We no, it will be announced on our Twitter. As it soon will as be. Oh, you bet your ass it will be. <laughs> that we were we are gonna live tweet Knives Out <laughs> and get sued. <laughs> We're gonna, we're gonna have, we're we're gonna crash the AMC app ourselves. <laughs> we're gonna use every single one of our A list reservations for the next two months on Knives Out tickets. <laughs> All right, see you guys later. Au revoir. You've been listening to Earful of Fantasy on the Earful of Sports Media Network. Be sure to tune in next week. We're live each Wednesday night on Facebook and available every Thursday morning from your favorite podcast service. Support the show for free stuff and an on-air shout-out at patreon.com slash earful. And be sure to hit us up throughout the week on Twitter at EOFantasy. Until next time, check those trades and watch them stats.